work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. I know it's only November, but what a year. The protests in Hong Kong and the violent crackdown, Australian wildfires, West Coast wildfires, Ebola in the DRC, explosions in Beirut, COVID, the deaths of RBG and John Lewis, the killings of George Floyd and too, too many others, and apparently murder hornets. After all of that, even when it looks like there's a silver lining or a light at the end of the tunnel, even when something big seems to happen right, it can be hard to accept it. And there's plenty of reason to believe that the other shoe will drop. People were excited about the election, but depending on what happens in Georgia, we might have Democrats in the White House and Republicans in the Senate, which would likely mean no significant legislation would pass. And regardless of what happens in federal government, it's not like we can just vote out white supremacy or wildfires or misinformation or COVID. We might like to think that we're better here in California, but even with leadership that listens to science, we're still having a second wave of COVID infections. We still have a forest management strategy of fire suppression, and we don't listen to native leaders who had been managing California's fires for millennia before white settlers got here. Even if we agree that cash bail is bad, we couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. And I don't know about you, but there were definitely a lot of ballot propositions that didn't go the way that I wanted them to. And I don't mean to focus on any particular political issue, except to say it's always easier to criticize what's happening somewhere else and to think that politics is what's happening in Wisconsin or North Carolina or Georgia, but we still have those issues here. So part of me is seeing everybody taking a well-deserved breath and thinking one election isn't the end of this work. We have to keep showing up tomorrow and the next day and the next day to fight white supremacy culture, not just in the country, but also in our church, in our communities, ourselves. And that work is going to take decades. But the other part of me, I can't be anxious all the time. I can't be angry all the time. My job is working in political organizing, but I can't organize all the time. I've been running hot for a long time, both literally and metaphorically, which is maybe why it struck me how the day after the election, we got a cold wind blowing through. And then two days ago, we had a small drizzle of rain. And I get that we have to keep working and stay vigilant, but I also get that we need to breathe. It's a marathon and we need to cool off. 
And in winter, isn't the purpose to settle down just a little bit? A time to regroup with our communities and ask ourselves the hard questions that we avoid in the heart hustle and bustle. 2020, what a year it has been. So much has happened and we have done so much important work, but the year isn't over. Maybe December will give us what we need to carry on the work to come. Well, I asked folks what was their wellspring? Where did they find meaning? What was directing their feet in the unfolding of what next? A lot of music got named. Of course, Mark and our singers were already busy preparing those offerings, those gorgeous offerings that we've been letting sink in. But all the other suggestions of music made me remember how how a lyric can become like a mantra that we hang on to, or, or a piece of music can become like a theme song for our lives. Personally, for me, it's been the Dixie Chick song, I Hope, with its gorgeous litany of I Hope statements that I would blast in the car on the way home from church every week. And it's reminder too that our children are watching us, they put our trust in us, they're going to be like us. So let's learn from history and do it differently. I hope. For many, what's orienting us is a kind of crystallization about what to do differently. Sam and Rochelle, Fortier, Wadibia, and so many others named that for them, part of what it includes is the command to uproot racism, to name anti-blackness, to help our communities get some larger cultural competency that will prepare us to step more lovingly, more equitably into the chapter of multicultural national life that awaits us and work that is so obviously in need of being done with urgency. UU minister Elizabeth Stevens writes in a reading that was shared by Jane Stallman. She writes to tell us to celebrate the progress, the triumph, celebrate the heart-breaking almosts, breathe, rest for a time, then get up and turn toward kindness, turn toward your neighbor in need, toward those who are still trapped in the stone. Tell them I won't give up, tell them I am with you, tell them for you I will learn to eat rock. For you I will keep chewing, keep grinding until the mountain of injustice crumbles to dust. Other things have crystallized for many of us, the requirement to be an engaged citizen and a reclamation of the practices of democracy beyond voting. 
The power of science and the need to protect a reverence for it. The power of reason and fact-based arguments and the danger of social media to stir emotion and launch people reflexively into action. If desensitization and dehumanization is part of what we are weary from, worn down by, then resensitization is part of the cure, certainly for what ails us. So our cure in part is to allow ourselves to delight in sane speech, in the beauty of those who reach across the divide, to feel gratitude for all who hold up the common good, to delight when we see those who sacrifice for what endures beyond one lifetime, to revere leadership that puts greater good above one's own personal interests and small ego. Our healing begins when we reclaim tenderness and connection. And out there too is hope, a little tattered perhaps around the edges, but ready to be reclaimed. But not hope, not hope as a feeling or not just as a feeling, but hope maybe more as an orientation of the spirit and a choice. I think folks like our Minister Emerita Margot Campbell Gross might even say hope as a spiritual discipline. Speaking of this, Margot wrote, I believe human beings have the capacity to choose. So I willingly choose to ground myself in faith and this allows me to hope. Every day, she writes, I start with an hour of meditation, ending with the sun salutation. It is necessary work. It is a discipline. Every day, this quiet time helps reorient me toward hope. This is only possible because of my commitment to faith in beauty, in love, the tremendum, God. All these are metaphors for that which cannot be named, but also cannot be lost. Margot, like many of us, grounds herself often in the poetic imagination. Many of you sent poems. For her, it is Gerard Manley Hopkins' poem, God's Grandeur, which among its gorgeous lines are those that close it, ones that promise, despite everything, quote, the Holy Ghost over the bent world 
broods with warm breast and, ah, bright wings. Member Hannah Hart shared a Mary Oliver poem with me a few weeks back. I was quoting another Oliver line, meanwhile the world goes on. And in the poem, Hannah sent, Oliver writes, I go down to the shore in the morning and depending on the hour, the waves are rolling in or moving out. And I say, oh, I am miserable. What shall, what should I do? And the sea says in its lovely voice, excuse me, I have work to do. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, there is work to get to. Beautiful and important. And maybe we have a better sense these days of what work it is. I hope. The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.